0: Good morning and welcome to worship, Rehoboth, and all of those of you who, who are watching this morning, I'm so glad that you are, are joining us together for worship, even though we're apart, we're united in the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and I'm just thrilled and, and praising God that we can worship together this morning, and, and thankful for the technology that allows us to do that, is even though we're part, of course, and get God's gift of grace in the Holy Spirit, that right where we're at, we can unite in the Spirit and worship Him, and I'm so thankful for that. So glad to have you. It's a privilege and opportunity to worship with you this morning. I I want to share a couple of things as we get started in worship. And one is if you're curious or wondering about what's happening at Rehoboth, um, I encourage you to check out our website, our Facebook page. Um, Rachel has been keeping things up to date there. It has a a weekly update called Rehoboth's Happening. You can read that and find out what's going on Um, You know, perhaps I've mentioned it from week to week that we're just making decisions about ministry opportunities um, from week to week as an executive ministry team. A couple of things I want to point out in particular, the first one being something that's happening every Friday, a food distribution from 4 to 6. You know, God gave us the privilege and opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to partner with Community of Hope, and also Feeding America And it's just been incredible to see um, how the body of Christ has responded to that. I do want to encourage you, if you have an opportunity to help supplement the food that comes on that Feeding America truck, things like cereal or bread or snacks, um, you can drop them off at the church during regular office hours. The doors should be open and you can just bring them in the the lobby and we'll take care of them. But that's uh, something that's needed to help supplement and round it out. But just a shout-out to all the people who have been a part of that. It's been a tremendous blessing. And one of the other ways that we had planned to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ was something called Build a Bunk Day in partnership with Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And that was scheduled for October 25th, which was a Saturday. I want to share with you that that has been rescheduled now for June 13th. That's a Saturday as well, and it'll be from 9 to 12. And if you volunteered for the 25th, I sure hope that that June 13th date works out for you. And maybe the 25th didn't work out for you, but you can do it on the 13th. It's a great opportunity to partner and to do a mission work with your children as well, um, right here in our community. So I want to encourage you. We're going to need a a lot of people that day um, to, to sign up and be a part of that. And you'll see more information about that later or again. June thirteenth, Build the Bunk Day. And the last thing that I wanted to share with you as we get started in worship this morning was an encouragement to fill out your spiritual gift inventory. We introduced that um two weeks ago, um, this last week in the Rehoboth happenings, there was a video clip, an interview between Kathy and Brian, and and a great information there. I encourage you to look at that, but about the spiritual gift inventory and what it means. And I want to encourage you because it'll help you discover your gifts and help you engage in terms of following jesus christ and see the plans that he has for you in this thing called life but i want to encourage you for this reason too take a look at this picture yeah you see that you know we all know kathy as a sweet wonderful person but take a look yeah, you don't want this woman coming after you. <laughs> no way. So you see that look in her eyes and don't make her come and hunt you down to fill up the spiritual gift inventory. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm giving you a fair warning. So <laughs> encouragement. Fill it out. Don't get that look. <laughs> I don't know if anybody other than her, yeah, maybe her, her boys and husband have seen that look. I don't know. But anyway, enough. Um, <laughs> she is really normally a, obviously a, a sweet, wonderful person. And, um, you know, we serve a God who is a wonderful God, a God who pours out His love and His mercy in new and fresh ways in so many, so many different ways. And I want to encourage you to praise God with me now as we hear the words of that song. If you want to stand up and sing in, in your PJs or whatever you're in um, and right now and just sing along to these words, it's an awesome praise song, Wonderful, Merciful Savior. Amen. What a powerful truth that that song gives about who God is. A wonderful, merciful Savior. And He is so many different things as He reveals in His Word and pours out so many rich blessings in our hearts and in our lives. And brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ, as we worship together, now I'd ask you to join with me in prayer. And and through your own heart, with your own words, even as we're praying together, to to lift up your praises to Him this morning. I know we're in tough times, but there's a lot of things to praise the great Lord our God for, and so too to pray about. Would you join with me? Merciful, wonderful Savior, we come before You and we thank You for all of the rich blessings that You pour out into our hearts and into our lives. Lord, and for the way that You speak through Your Word, what you say about who you are and the desire that you have to, to live a life as our God. For us, O oh oh Lord, to just call on your name, to call on your mercy and your grace, to seek and we will find, to know you, O oh God, in a way that is intimate and personal and deep. Lord, we give you praise for who you are not a God of wood or stone, but a God, O oh Lord, who is real and alive and desires to live in us. That was the promise that was given and that's fulfilled as we walk from day to day, simply because the tomb was rolled away and the gift of the Holy Spirit was given. So Lord God, we praise you for all that you are and all that you reveal yourself to be in your word. Lord, you are forgiving and you are gracious. Lord, Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. We can walk without that burden simply because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And out of your great love, you gave him as a gift of grace for us. And Lord, we claim it and we praise you for it to know that we're made right with you. And that all of our days, oh God, can be filled with your presence and the rich blessings of all that that means as flesh and blood, and then for all of eternity. God, we praise You. We pray, O Lord, that we'd learn from that, and You'd rise up in us, and we would be forgiving, and we would be gracious. Help us, O Lord, to follow You in terms of forgiveness and grace. Lord, we praise You and we thank You because You are the Almighty One. There is no God like you. You have no equal. There's nothing that you can't do. You are the God of the impossible. Lord, for us to even think about that, to comprehend it, brings incredible praise. We know that as we pray and we lay requests before you, O Lord, that they can be. The capability is there. And oh God, so is so is the desire, because you're a loving God and you desire to protect us, to care for us. And and we're gonna hear more about that in your word. We're gonna look at that in terms of how you reveal yourself as our protector and our shield. We praise your name for that, oh God. We ask, O Lord, that we would claim it. Lord, we beg forgiveness for the times that we we don't believe, a lack of faith and your capability to be and to protect us and to care for us. Lord God, fill us with that understanding. Reveal who you are to us in our hearts so we would know and we would live like you are the Almighty One. Lord God, we praise you because you are holy. Lord God, we praise you because of the truth that you revealed to us about your holiness and what it means for us to be holy. Lord, not in a pious, self-righteous way, but in a way, oh God, that brings the fullness of life to us, all of the rich blessings that sets us free to live the best lives that we could possibly live simply because of your holiness, being obedient to you, being who you created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be, the design that you have for our hearts and for our lives, incredible rich blessings. God, we praise you for your holiness and that truth revealed in your word and through your spirit. And we pray, O Lord, that we indeed would be holy as You are holy, just as Your Word calls us to. That we would be right with You. We know what that means and what that looks like, and it's what we'd strive for and pursue in life. And Lord, right with You and right with others. Lord God, that we would be kind and we would be trustworthy and honest. That we would be patient and gentle and loving. Lord, we know what that means in relationship the health and the vitality that's there. God, we pray for that. We pray for Your holiness to rise up in us. God, we give You praise and we give You thanks for Your mercy and for Your love. We praise You, O Lord, for looking upon us in times of trouble and coming alongside of us and giving us comfort and peace and Your mercy as You care for us. And as you display your great love, your unconditional love for us, the blessings are so profound. God, to know that you love us and you love us so much as Easter proclaims, you sent your son to die for us and he rose again to give us life. Lord, we praise you for your great love. And even as we do, oh God, we pray that you'd help us to be loving. Lord God, we'd love like You loved. That's what we'd strive for. That's who we'd be. Whether it's to people that are close to us, Lord, that we love them in, in a growing and continual way, or complete strangers that we don't know. Lord God, we'd care for the oppressed and feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Lord, that we would do as You call us to do. Might it be. God, as we worship You this morning, we praise You for who You are. Lord, we know that we often sell You short. We put You in a box. Lord, free us. Free us to see who You truly are and who You desire to be in each of our hearts and each of our lives and we're life together as the body of Jesus. Might it be? We ask these things in Your holy, in Your precious, in Your awesome name, majestic and mighty God. Amen. Hmm. We um, celebrated Easter last week, and so in some ways we could think, okay, that's in the rearview mirror. But we realize that the purpose of Easter, what happened on Easter, was the start. Of things of new things see God brought Jesus to this earth and he died and then rose again to to bring newness to bring change to bring transformation in the hearts of of men and women and people to, to live different lives to claim his grace to know him and to walk with him that's what Easter is all about and that's the way it's been ever since He's changed the landscape of humanity. And I hope He's changed you. It's a profound thing to think about. So so Easter has really just begun and it will never end. And One of the things that that God did differently in terms of of bringing Jesus to earth than dying and rising again, He promised, and Jesus speaks about this in John 14, He promised to live inside of us, to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit to indwell, to to lead us, to guide us, to empower, and to equip us so that we would know Him personally. There's this incredible depth and intimacy with God through the Holy Spirit living in our hearts and in our lives. And He did that because indeed that's what, what He desires, that we would know Him, we'd know who He is. And as I thought about that and what Easter was all about and prayed through, being able to, to share truth, God, what would you have me to share during this time? It led me to share, um, things about Him that He reveals in His Word that are very pertinent and relevant to the time that we're facing this, this battle and this, this war that's waging with a virus, an enemy that, um, is unique but has waged war and devastation on the world and in our country. And so he, he led me to share three truths about him that I think will be helpful and encouraging to us because they're real and they're true. The first is this, that he's our protector and our shield. God desires to protect us out of his mighty strength and, and keep that hedge of protection around us and keep us safe. Secondly, that He's our comforter, our refuge, that in Him we can find a safe place, in Him we can have peace, and we can be free from fear. And then lastly, that He is our strength and our rock. He can help us stand firm and be strong in the face of danger and peril. And so a short three-week series simply entitled, He Is, He Is. And today we're going to look at truth about Him in terms of who He is as a shield and as a protector. And there's truth about this all throughout the Word of God. From cover to cover you read about who God is in terms of being a protector and how He shields His people, those that walk with Him, those that know Him from harm and from danger. And it's certainly scattered all throughout the Psalms, the powerful truths in there, and I picked one. And I read it last week in my devotion, Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12, and it speaks about God's protection and being a shield. And I, I asked you now as we read these words of truth to open up your heart so that God will speak to you in a very personal and intimate way so you hear what He has to say to you so that you can be fortified and protected through these times. Open up your heart to the words of Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O oh Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. This is the word of God. might have been written on your hearts and lived in your life. You know, we're going to look closely at those words in just a moment because there's some things there that are really important to recognize about God's protection and what He desires for us. But first, to help us um, maybe really understand and connect at a deeper level with truth, I want to talk a little bit about context. I think that's always important to consider original audience, what was happening in their world. And when we think about a shield, and I want you to start to think about that, it's, just, it, it's really true. Because in that day, a shield was a primary source of protection for soldiers. And on the screen, you see a, a picture of what was called the Shield of David. You can see the Star of David on it. And that's a pretty true replication of, of what they used in battle and maybe today because we fight wars radically different you know we don't see there's not too much hand to hand combat and certainly the the weapons are are radically different but a shield was was huge it was critical in that day because they did go out face to face and there were swords and there were spears and there were arrows and a shield was huge I, I watched the movie, the, the 300, before. Some really powerful battle scenes in there. And they really demonstrate the importance of a shield. So I wanted you to, to take a look at this clip and just see how important and how critical the shield is. Think about it as you watch this clip, a, a clip from The 300.
1: Spartans, lay down your weapons! Get them. They look thirsty!
0: <laughs> well, let's give them something to drink to the cliff! You saw the use of a shield there, and that's just one um, small example. There's another scene where archers shoot arrows at the Spartans, and they fall down and they use a shield to cover their bodies. And I don't know if we, when, when we think about, and I, again, we're going to resonate, uh, hopefully resonate with what God is saying here, simply because of thinking more about a shield and how it was used in that day. But this original audience understood that; they knew that it was it was critical. And they knew some things about a shield. And that that slide that was up there, a a replication of an Israelite soldier, and you see that he's got a shield with him. And and a shield was so um, important. And there are things about the shield that needed to be. It had to be the right size, it couldn't be too heavy, it had to be able to enable him to be able to, or a soldier able to defend themselves, to move it around. They could even use it as an offensive weapon. But it was something to to help defend themselves with. And so it was too heavy, too cumbersome. It just wouldn't work. They had to be mobile, had to be able, because they were hand-to-hand, uptight. They had to be able to move. And it also had to be durable. I mean, when a, a sword comes and flung at them or an arrow comes, it had to be able to protect them. Those things couldn't penetrate the shield or cut it in half. So, you know, you weren't going to go out to battle with a piece of cardboard. You know, so they made shields out of that one. And that picture is made out of wood, probably the, the most uh, dense, hard wood that they could find. And then they also, of course, had shields that were made out of metals, different kinds of metals. And, and they knew how important the shield was. That's the whole point. That a soldier, when he went out to battle, if he wanted to live that day, he had to have his shield. It was a difference maker. It was the difference for a soldier in that day between life and death. Between laying down on the battlefield or walking off of it. And so when these people hear these words, when God speaks about protection and surrounding them with favor as with a shield they understand. And I wanted to share those things with you so that hopefully we would as it starting to connect to you about what God is saying about who he is. And let's look a little closer at this passage verse 11. there's something in here that's really important if we're thinking about God's protection and that he's our shield if we're making a, a connection to that and we know who he is and that's true he wants to be a shield for everyone that's why he sent Jesus to die for God so loved who the world everyone he wants to be their shield he wants to protect them but but there's truth in this passage that we really need to pay attention to look at verse 11 you see that there right in the middle that clause that statement spread your protection over them spread your protection over them and then you go down to the the last clause in verse 12 you surround them with your favor as with the shield Now there's something that's true about both of those statements there is a them in there do you see that spread your protection over who them you surround them with your favor as with a shield. Who's the them? This is what I want you to pay attention to if we're thinking about God's protection and knowing who He is and seeking His protection and Him being our shield. Well, the verses explain that. If you go to that first part of verse 11, you see these words, but let all who take refuge in you. That's the them that He's going to spread His protection over those who take refuge in you. And then in verse 12, For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. And that doesn't mean people who are, again, holier than thou. The righteous is simply people who are, are striving to follow God and be in a right relationship with Him. They're right with Him. They receive that gift of grace. And they're trying day in and day out to walk with God and to follow Jesus Christ. So that's the them that he surrounds with his favor as with the shield that he protects. And I want to point something out that that is maybe like a dull thing to you. But I think it's really, really important to remember and to think about in terms of how we do it. Here's the truth, and that's being shared in those verses. A shield only protects those who use it. A shield only protects those who use it. Those who seek and take refuge in God. Those who are righteous and striving to walk and follow with God. And that's reality. God's desire, again, is for everyone to take Him up as a shield and to live in in His protection. But the reality is it's a choice. Just like it's a choice to accept Jesus Christ in your heart and into your life. He doesn't force his love or his grace on anyone. He gives it as a free gift. And so too, his protection. And so you think about a soldier, right? A soldier had a choice. When he went out to battle and he left the encampment, they were there with their tents. He could... Leave his shield, his source of protection, or he could pick it up and take it with him. And you might think, well, of course he's going to do that. It'd be stupid not to. Exactly. That's the point. When he get up, he would take that shield and he'd walk out to face the enemy because he knew it was the difference maker. And he didn't walk out. He didn't pick it up at a center. He didn't walk out to the battle lines and face the enemy and be in the midst of the fray and then decide, oh, I don't need this anymore and drop it down. That would have been just or even more ridiculous or stupid. No, he kept the shield with him. He used it at all times because he never knew when there was going to be a sword or an arrow or a spear. So so are you you thinking about Are you connecting with what God is saying in this truth? I want to be your protector. I want to be your shield. But... But you have to take refuge in me. You have, to, you have to take me up. You have to lift me up as a shield. And I want you to walk me and follow with me and be in my presence so that I can be your shield. I can be your protector. I'm not going to force it on you. It's a choice. But that's who I am, and that's who I want to be for you. And so there's a question there, and I want you to think about that in the living of life. I want you to think about as we face and we walk and we go through battles, especially now as we face a grave danger, something that's real and true. Is he your shield? Is he your protector? Do we, are we raising up that shield and and trying and, and taking refuge in him and being safe in the Almighty One that seeks to protect us and care for us? In some ways, that indeed might be true. But I'm wondering if it is. It's certainly something that I want you to to think about. You know, that's true in, in the living of life beyond what we're facing right now. That's who God is. It's who He'll always be. Your shield and your protector. And brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ, sometimes when times are good, we get a little bit relaxed, right? We, we, as the saying is, put our guard down. I want you to know and maybe to think about this truth and this reality that there is always a wage that's being warred for your soul and for your life, and for your walk, and for your personhood as a follower of Jesus Christ, if that's true for you. The war is always going on. And at different times, Satan will bring the battle right to your home. You know what I'm talking about. And he'll bring danger, and he'll bring peril. And he does it in surprise attacks. He's a master at that. Just when you don't see it coming. He brings the battle and you're in the foray of it and you're just, there it is, it's raging all around you. Problems, troubles, danger. That's what he specializes in. Why? Because he wants to bring annihilation and devastation into your life and into your home. That's true. That's why, you see, you always need to be taking refuge. Refuge to be in His presence, righteous, to be walking with Him. You need to always know that He is there as your protector and as your shield. And you need to claim it and you need to live it. And it's something that needs to be a part of who you are. You know, I can't remember when I, I got into the practice and the discipline of always seeking God's protection. I think maybe when... My kids were little. You know, you go through that early part of life and you think you're infallible and <sighs> this kind of thing. But I remember when my children were little and I started looking at them and recognizing that as, as much as I had it in me to protect them, I needed something more. I needed to call on the name of God. And so regardless of when it was, we would load them up in a car and we'd go on a trip, I would ask for God's protection. When they would go off to school and in the morning and be apart from them, I would ask for God's protection. That God would bless them with His presence. And He'd build that wall around them from danger, including specifically from the evil one who always seeks to strike. And I prayed about it in physical ways, in emotional ways, and in spiritual ways. Because Satan had no bias in terms of how he can bring destruction into our hearts and into our lives. And I pray that same thing for myself. See, I realize who I am. And that I need the protection of God. I need Him to be my shield. I know that I need to call on Him because of who He is. And I need Him in my fight and my battle against Satan. I'm wise enough to understand that, that when He comes, I need to be prepared. I need to call on the name of God and I need to have Him there already. And indeed He is and He will be. But that I can't do battle against him in and of myself. But with Jesus Christ, with God, I can be victorious. That's the story of Easter. Satan thought he had won the war. out of that particular battle that Jesus was defeated, just the opposite. See, Jesus rose again and made things new. And each and every day you're going to be facing battle, but each and every day you can have victory because of your shield, your protector. You know there's a great proverb that shares a tremendous truth. I love it, Proverbs twenty one thirty one, and it says this A horse is made ready for the battle, but victory rests with the Lord. I'll say that one more time. A horse is made ready for the battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Think about what that's saying. Again, people in that day would understand the importance of a horse on a battlefield. With was a huge advantage. Horses were fast, powerful, strong. They could carry a, a person and, and all over the place or, or a chariot. Huge military advantage to have horses. They understood that, but horses weren't infallible. You could have them, you could utilize them as a tool and as a weapon, but victory rested with the Lord. David knew that. He faced battle after battle after battle, but he was always calling on the name of God as his shield and as his protector. And brothers and sisters, today I want you to think about that because you face battle after battle after battle. But you can be victorious, victorious, victorious. Why? Because God is your protector and your shield. Even think about today and in, in, in the relevancy of this in terms of the context and that truth. A horse is made ready for the battle, but victory rests with the Lord. What is it that we've been told to be ready for the battle that we're facing right now? You've heard these things time and time again. How do we fight the enemy called COVID-19? Well, we do things like wear gloves, mask, we social distance, we wash our hands until they're raw. And that's true. Important things, good things to help us fight the battle. But I hope you understand and I hope you know that that's not going to, to be a, a foolproof method of getting victory. Because victory rests with the Lord. He is your shield. He is your protector. Do you utilize those things? Do you use them? Absolutely. They're incredible safeguards. But again, they're not infallible. And here's why I share that. And I think about what it means in terms of even those words, the start of verse 11, let all those who take refuge in you be glad Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. I've had hundreds and hundreds of conversations. See if this is not true for you during this time with people. I mean, you can't talk to anybody without that coming up right now, right? It's just the way that it is. And invariably, when you talk to people about how they're dealing and what they're doing, they'll mention those things. One of those things is going to come up. That they're that they're wearing gloves, or and they're asking you if you are, you mask, you washing your hands, you social distancing. That's really the big thing, right? Are you doing all of those things that are going to protect you? And and they want to know, and that comes up. And if I've had that conversation with you, I'm not, I'm not going to point a finger right now, but I want to tell you I've had all those conversations, and only once out of hundreds of times has somebody said that they're calling on the name of God to protect them. the ultimate shield and source of protection. I don't say that to discredit anybody because in fact, maybe that's just an oversight or something that was taken um, for granted. But it certainly makes me wonder, is that true? Is it simply an oversight? Or are we perhaps... Seeking gloves and masks and social distancing and washing our hands to protect us rather than the One who is our protector and our shield. Now we have a tendency to do that. To put our faith and trust in things other than God. We put it in people, we put it in things. And yet God speaks about who He is and who He desires to be. And so I really want to encourage you because the shield will only protect those who use it to call out on the name of God and to seek His protection, to ask Him to be your shield during this time. there's an awesome verse in Ephesians 6. And in Ephesians 6, it's talking about putting on the armor of God, the full armor of God. And it talks about being Uh, Have the belt of truth buckled around our waist, the breastplate of righteousness. And then verse 16 says this, In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Look at those words. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. That's what Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12 are talking about. See, if you take refuge, if you're being righteous, you're understanding and knowing who God is, and you're seeking an active, vibrant relationship with Him, and you are seeking that refuge, you're taking it, you're calling Him up, you're asking Him to be your shield and your protector. It's a matter of faith and belief. Now, we never pretend to know, I hope, what God's will is. And maybe you have questions about that, and I really don't know the answer to it in terms of what's going on. I know He has a purpose, and I know He has a meaning. But it's not a matter of of knowing His will or trying to get Him to do what we want, but knowing that He will. And as our shield and protector, that He will protect us. That He will care for us. I love the words that start um, this psalm. It really shares that that's exactly what David did. That every day when he got up, he had a conversation with God. Listen to these words. It's, It's verses 1, 2, and 3 of Psalm 5. And if you you have your Bible electronic advice. I'm tuned into this. Listen to what he says. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For to You I pray. In the morning, O Lord, You hear my voice. In the morning, O Lord, you, I lay my request before You, and then these words, and wait In expectation. See, God called, uh, David called on God every morning to be his protection. And then he expected God to be who he said he was going to be. Who he revealed himself to David to be. He didn't say, hey God, could you possibly do this? No, he expected God to do it. Because he knew who God was. Brothers and sisters in Christ, do you know who God is? Do you know that he is your shield and your protector? Do you expect him to do just that? I certainly hope so. There's another great story about that in Second Kings. Maybe you're familiar with it, maybe not. Elisha is a prophet. And there is a, a nation, this most powerful nation on the face of the earth at this time called Aram. And, and Aram was waging war with Israel, but there was just one problem. See, Elisha as a prophet um, was, was connected, was sharing um, what God revealed to him with the king of Israel so that every time the king of Aram was going to attack or, or um, try to destroy or raid Israel, um, they would know about it, and so they take defensive measures and always protect themselves because of God speaking. And this really frustrated the king of Aram because they should have been able to squash Israel like a bug, right? They, they just were that much more powerful. And they got all frustrated and angry, and he has a conversation with his generals, with his chief officers, and basically says, hey, who's, who's being the traitor? Who's leaking the news to Israel? Who's telling them what it is that we're going to do? And they replied, uh, not us, but it's Elisha, prophet in Israel. And so the king of Aram says, well, go get him. Go down there right now and capture him. I, I want this to stop. So they do. They go down there. They go to Elisha's house, a little house out in the country. They arrive early in the morning, and his servant is there with him. His servant opens up the door, and boom, there they all are. Now his servant knows what's going on. He knows what Elisha has been doing and he fears for his life. He thinks he's dead right there. And so he, he runs to Elisha and he says, they're, they're here, we're, it's over, we're finished. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And then Elisha does something incredible because he knew God. And he knew God as his shield and as his protector. And he prays to God and he says, God, open the eyes of my servant. Help him to see. And so they go outside and the, and the servant does. He sees an army of angels between them and the enemy, protecting, caring for them. And the story goes on, but that's a profound moment. And so that's part of my prayer for you. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're trusting in in this time to protect you. I mean, we have physical things, right? We've already mentioned it a few times. But so much more importantly, God is your protector and He is your shield. And it's my prayer that He will open your eyes, the eyes of your heart to that. You'll claim it. You'll take refuge in Him. And you'll let Him spread Himself over you as a shield of protection. Because that's who He is and that's who He desires to be. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word and we thank You for Your truth. We thank you, O Lord, for being our shield. And Lord, we pray that you would give us the wisdom to pick that shield up, to seek your protection, to pray to you daily. Lord, to not rely and trust in the things of this world, but to trust on the only one who can truly protect us and bring us victory. Lord, we might say it and believe it in our hearts, but help us to speak it and help us to live it to demonstrate clearly where we seek protection and where we find protection from this virus and anything else that Satan would throw our way. Might it be, O oh God. Might we claim You as our shield and as our protector. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray it. Amen. That is who He will be. He'll be your shield and protector as you call on His name. And there's a great song and and, an older hymn that speaks about this, about leading us, about going on before us. It's lead on, O King Eternal. Listen to these words and soak them up in terms of who God wants to be in your life.
2: Deeds of love and...
0: an incredible truth and reality. A tremendous promise about who God is that He wants to lead us in life. He wants to be our shield, our protector. He wants to bring us comfort and for us to take refuge in Him to be a safe place. That's next week. I hope you uh, join us again. I I do want to um, give a some praise to the body of Jesus Christ here at Rehoboth for the way they've been faithfully supporting us during this time, uh, helping us to continue to be the church, to do the things that God's leading us to do and that he's going to lead us to do in the future. You know, we're working on a lot of things that um, certainly when this time has passed, we're going to be able to do and experience and make an impact um, in our community and, and in the world simply because of the goodness that He provides. And you've been faithful to that. You know, you still have the opportunity to um, either direct mail, uh, drop off at the office, or gifts in your ties, um, do uh, an automatic withdrawal, and auto pay. Um, there's ways to, and instructions about that on our website. But I, I just want to thank you for being generous. And now is the time to be generous. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us to be able to display on the love of Jesus Christ in profound and wonderful ways. And we're able to do that simply because you've been faithful. So thank you so much. As we close at our time of worship, would you just receive this blessing from God? Now may the God of hope, who will protect you and be your shield, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you would overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, have a great week and just lean into His protection and His care. Let Him be your shield this week. Thank you.